Welcome back, dear devotees. <clears throat> We're keeping the vibration going here with Sri Ramayan. And we're taking up where we left off yesterday in the Yudakanda. <clears throat> and we're reading from the translation by His Holiness Bhaktivedakaswami. We'll be starting at the bottom of page number 373. Jai Shri Sitaram Lakshman Hanuman Ki Jai. In the midst of the grief stricken monkeys, Ram returned to consciousness. Upon seeing Lakshmana lying at his side, smeared with blood and without any sign of life, Ram exclaimed with anguish, <clears throat> even if I succeed in recovering Sita, the entire endeavor will be useless if Lakshmana dies. Even if it were possible to somehow find a consort to replace the daughter of Janak, I could never find another friend such as Lakshmana. If Lakshman dies, I too will give up my life, for I cannot bear to think of returning to Ayodhya without him. How could I ever face his mother after allowing him to die on the battlefield in my presence? <clears throat> Turning to Sugriva, Ram said, the monkey warriors should now retreat, for without Lakshman and myself to protect him, they will be highly vulnerable. O noble king of the monkeys, Please accept my unlimited gratitude for the sincere friendship and valor that you and your army have displayed, risking your lives in my service. All the monkeys began to cry upon hearing Ram's sweet words. <clears throat> Bibishana then returned, having restored the monkey army's confidence. When Bibishana saw how Ram and Lakshman looked just like porcupines lying upon a bed of arrows, he immediately broke down and cried. Sugriv then embraced him saying, you should not doubt that Ram and Lakshman will soon recover and go on to defeat Ravana in battle. Sugriv then went to his father-in-law, Shushena saying, please arrange for Ram and Lakshmana to be taken to Kishkindya where they can safely recover from their wounds. Let all the monkeys accompany them while I remain here alone. After defeating Ravana single-handedly, I will return to Kishkinda with Sita. Shushain replied, long, long ago, when there was a great war between the demigods and the demons, the demons were able to kill many of the celestials with their mystic illusions. Brahaspati, however, received all the slain demigods by using mantras and special medicinal herbs. Brihaspati, however, revived all the slain demigods by using mantras and special medicinal herbs. I suggest that Panasa and Sampati go to the ocean of milk, for they are familiar with these herbs, known as Sanjivana Karani and Vishalya. Created by Lord Brahma himself, Sanjivana Karani can revive a person who is practically dead. Likewise, Vishalya instantly cures all wounds created by arrows. These herbs can be found on the Chandra and Drona mountains, which arose in the middle of the milk ocean as it was being churned to produce nectar. It is best for Hanuman to go, 
for he can make the journey in the shortest time. As Shushena spoke, a fierce wind began to blow, bringing dense clouds and streaks of lightning. The sea became agitated with high swelling waves. The mountains began to tremble and tall trees were knocked down. Everyone looked around wondering why this was happening and saw that the disturbances were caused by the flight of a gigantic bird coming toward them. It was Garuda, the eagle carrier of Lord Vishnu. Upon seeing him, snake arrows binding Ram and Lakshmana immediately fled. Garuda then came and wiped Ram and Lakshman's faces with his hands. By his touch alone, their bodies began to shine and became redoubled in strength. Garuda picked Ram up and lovingly embraced him. In great happiness, Ram said, we are both eternally indebted to you. If you consider us worthy, please reveal your identity to us. The gigantic bird replied, I am your eternal servant, Garuda, the son of Vinata. All of the demigods headed by Indra could not have raised you from the bondage of Indrajit's snake arrows. These snakes are the sons of Kadru and were converted into arrows by the mystic power Indrajit received from Lord Brahma. I came here just to chase them away for snakes are my natural food and they are always afraid of me. My dear Lord, you should be very careful while fighting with the Rakshasas. They are very tricky, whereas heroes like yourself are always straightforward. I now wish to take my leave. Before I depart, let me assure you that you shall be victorious and get back your beloved Sita. Here's the picture of Garuda. Garuda then circumambulated Ram, and after embracing him again, soared into the sky. Seeing that Ram and Lakshmana had recovered from their wounds, the monkeys jumped for joy. In their ecstasy, they beat drums, lashed their tails, and roared like lions, thus creating a great tumult. Then, after taking up trees and great boulders, they again prepared to continue the fight. Hearing the joyful roaring of the monkeys, Ravana suspected that Ram and Lakshman had revived. To make sure, he ordered his Rakshasas to investigate the reason for the monkey's bravado. After climbing onto the defensive walls, the Rakshasas saw that Ram and Lakshmana were alive and well. With great fear, they rushed to give Ravana the news. His doubts thus confirmed Ravana again became filled with anxiety and his face turned pale. Swelling with rage, he ordered the great Rakshasa warrior, Dumraksha, to go immediately and attack Ram. <clears throat> <clears throat> <clears throat> <clears throat> <clears throat> 
After quickly mobilizing his army, Dumraksha mounted his donkey-drawn chariot, chariot, laughing robustly and exhibiting great pride. He headed for the western gate where Hanuman had taken his stand. As Dumraksha rode through the streets of Lanka, a great vulture landed on the back of his chariot, while other carnivorous birds perched upon his flagpole. Suddenly, someone threw a headless trunk in his path, and clouds began pouring down rain mixed with blood. Dumraksha became greatly perturbed at these ominous signs, and some Rakshasa soldiers even fainted. Still, Dumraksha courageously approached this, the monkey warriors who were all eager for combat. <clears throat> a fierce battle ensued and many Rakshasas and monkeys were killed. The monkeys smashed the Rakshasas with huge rocks and trees and tore at them with their sharp teeth and nails. Finally, because of the monkey's superior prowess, the Rakshasa army panicked and fled. At this, Dhumraksha became filled with rage and began to ravage the monkey warriors so severely that they too being, began fleeing in terror. Hanuman became enraged. He picked up a huge rock and hurled it at Dhumraksha's chariot, smashing it to pieces. The Rakshasa hero saved himself by jumping to the ground while Hanuman continued on his rampage. Taking a mountain peak, Hanuman rushed at Dumraksha. The Rakshasa also came forward to meet Hanuman, deftly smashing him on the head with his club. But Hanuman hardly minded the blow. He hurled the mountain peak at Dumraksha's head. The peak shattered the Rakshasa's limbs and he fell down dead. Dumraksha's army fled back to the shelter of Lanka, causing the enraged Ravana to send Vajradamstra into the fight. The great Rakshasa hero led his army to the southern gate where Angana was stationed. On the way there, he saw showers of meteors streaking across the sky and ferocious she-jackals belched fire. Nevertheless, Vajradamstra took courage and plunged into battle. Angara responded especially fiercely. He smashed the Rakshasa soldiers with an uprooted tree and their entire army fled with their general helplessly looking on. The enraged Vajradamstra <clears throat> retaliated by killing innumerable enemy soldiers with his arrows, causing the monkeys to take shelter of Angara. As a son of Vali set out to confront Vajradamstra directly, the Rakshasa hero released 100,000 arrows that bathed Angada in his own blood. Angada struck back <clears throat> by hurling a huge tree, but Vajradamstra easily cut it to pieces. Then roaring loudly, Angada threw a huge mountain crag, forcing Vajradamstra to jump to safety as his chariot was smashed. Taking advantage of this opportunity, Angada quickly took up another huge mass of boulders and smashed it upon Vajradamstra's head. The Rakshasa fell to the ground unconscious, vomiting blood and clutching his mace to his chest. Vajradamstra, however, soon regained consciousness. Coming before Angara, he severely struck the monkey chief in the chest with his club. Then the two warriors started beating each other with their fists. As they gradually came, became exhausted, blood began to flow from their mouths. 
Then after a brief lull, Angada uprooted a tree, while Vajradhamsha stood up, took up his sword and shield. However, after fighting for some time, both heroes fell to their knees in exhaustion. Seizing this opportune moment, Angada quickly summoned his strength. He snatched Vajradhamsha's sword and sliced off the Rakshasa's head. Upon seeing their general, general slain, the remnants of the Rakshasa army fearfully retreated to Lanka. <clears throat> Ravana next called for the great Rakshasa hero, Akampana, saying, you were well versed in the use of all weapons and your eagerness for battle is second to none. Go now and exterminate the army of monkeys. Do away with Ram and Lakshman once and for all. As Akampana approached the battlefield, his left eye began to twitch convulsively. His voice became choked up and his horses became depressed. Ignoring these evil omens, Akampana sallied forth with the foremost of Rakshasa warriors, bearing their clubs, swords, chakras, spears, axes, and bows. In the gruesome encounter that followed, the dust raised by the opposing armies became so thick that friends could not be discerned from foes. <clears throat> that friends could not be discerned from foes. Monkeys began slaying monkeys and Rakshasas killed other Rakshasas. Mainda, Dvidvid, Nala, and Kumuda littered the battlefield with innumerable gore-smeared bodies of Rakshasas and the enraged Akampana responded by routing the monkey army with a deluge of arrows. Seeing the monkey ranks scattering like clouds in the wind, Hanuman approached Akampana while others supported him from behind. Akampana sent forth showers of arrows, but Hanuman simply laughed and tore off a huge crag from a mountain peak. He rushed at Akampana, whirling the huge mass of rock around with one hand and roaring. But the Rakshasa generally, but the Rakshasa general easily smashed the crag with his arrows. Hanuman flared with rage, and he uprooted a huge banyan tree and rushed toward Akampana. Seeing Hanuman in such a fierce aspect, smashing their chariots and the trees that stood in his path, the Rakshasa soldiers began to flee. Akampana, however, stood fast. As Hanuman continued rushing forward, the Rakshasa shot him with 14 arrows. Still, Hanuman did not waver. Hanuman closed in and crashed the giant tree on his head, causing him to fall dead on the ground. While the leaderless Rakshasas retreated to Lanka for safety, Ram, Lakshman, and the monkey warriors surrounded Hanuman, blessing him with heartfelt praise. <clears throat> it was still before noon when Ravana heard of Akampana's death, hearing that yet another of his supposedly invisible generals had been killed by a band of monkeys, Ravana became greatly agitated. He called his ministers for a tour of the city's remaining fortifications. Ravana told his commander in chief, oh, Prahasta, only you, myself, Kumbhakarna, Indrajit, and Nukumba are capable of defeating the monkeys. We are now hard pressed. I want you to be the next to, to attack the enemy. Prahasta replied, O king, previously I advised you to return Sita to Ram. However, now that war has been declared, please know that I am prepared to lay down my life on your behalf. Prahasta quickly mobilized his army. 
Within an hour, he mounted his chariot and departed for the fight. While approaching the battlefield, Prahasta observed carnivorous birds circling counterclockwise above his head. Meteors streaked across the sky, while she-jackals shrieked ominously. A squawking vulture came and perched atop his flag staff, and cold, piercing winds blew as dark clouds showered blood upon him. His charioteer's whip repeatedly slipped from his hands, and his horses stumbled, although the path was level. Rahasta's luster began to fade, but still as the monkeys and Rakshasas roared challenges toward each other, he confidently advanced toward the army of Sugriva, like a moth rushing into a flame. When the fighting began, Prahasta's four main assistants, Narantaka, Kumbhakarnu, Kumbhavahu, Kumbhavanu, Mahanada, and Sumanata, created a great massacre in the ranks of the monkey army. Dvidvid then killed Narantaka by hurling a huge mountain peak. The monkey Durmuka smashed Samunata to death with a gigantic tree. Likewise, Jambavan hurled a huge rock that crushed Mahananda's chest and Tara eliminated Kumbhahanu with the help of a tall tree. I'm glad he's dead. Now I don't have to pronounce his name anymore. In reply, the great angry Prahasta released torrents of arrows, slaughtering thousands of monkeys and scattering those who remained alive. Nila, the commander in chief of the monkeys responded by exterminating innumerable Rakshasa soldiers. Soon thereafter, Nila and Prahasta came face to face. Prahasta's arrows shot through Nila's body and entered the earth. Still as the Rakshasa rushed toward him, Nila uprooted a huge tree and struck a severe blow. Undaunted, Brahasta continued showering his arrows. When he was unable to dodge the arrows, Nila simply accepted them with closed eyes, just as a bull might receive an autumn thunder shower. Taking up another tree, Nila killed Brahasta's horses and while roaring loudly, broke the Rakshasa's bow. Picking up a club, Prahasta jumped down from his dis disabled chariot. The two warriors began fighting hand to hand, tooth to tooth. Prahasta struck Nila on the forehead with his club, making a gash that bled profusely. Without wavering, Nila countered by striking Prahasta in the chest with a tree. Also oblivious to the blow, the Rakshasa commander again rushed toward Nila, who grabbed the giant rock. Then as Prahasta came close, Nila hurled the boulder upon his head, breaking it into pieces and causing the Rakshasa to immediately fall down dead. At this, the Rakshasa army panicked and fled to Lanka, while Ram and Lakshmana congratulated Nila. 
When Ravana learned of the death of his commander-in-chief, his heart became afflicted with unbearable grief. Addressing his ministers, the Rakshasa king said, I can no longer ignore my powerful enemies. I shall now go and personally enter the battlefield. Ravana mounted his splendid chariot and came out of the city to fight, surrounded by his army of Rakshasas. When Rama saw the huge Rakshasa army approaching, he questioned the Bhishana about its leaders. Then catching sight of Ravana, Rama exclaimed, exclaimed, due to his extraordinary efful effulgence and prowess, it is difficult for me to look upon the Rakshasa king. However, it certainly is my good fortune that Ravana has come within my view, for now I can finally vent my long-kept wrath. Before leaving the city, Ravana ordered a large army to stay back and guard Lanka. He warned them to remain alert, lest the monkeys take advantage of his absence. Coming from the city, Ravana divided the sea of monkeys in twain, while Ram and Lakshmana took up their bows in anticipation. The fight began as Sugriva picked up a mountain peak and suddenly darted forward, hurling the mass of rocks at Ravana. The Rakshasa king, however, effortlessly broke the rocks into fragments with his arrows and released another shaft that deeply pierced Sugriva. When Sugriv fell to the ground, moaning in pain, the Rakshasas jumped up, jumped, jumped up and down jubilantly. Six more monkey chiefs then picked up mountain peaks and rushed at Ravana. However, the Rakshasa king again shattered the rocks to pieces with his arrows. Then after making those monkey chiefs fall wounded to the ground, Ravana began slaughtering numerous enemy soldiers with showers of arrows. Feeling extremely hard-pressed, the monkeys took shelter of Lord Ram. Ram proceeded toward Ravana, but Lakshmana implored him for permission to be the first to fight with the Rakshasa king. When Ram consented, Hanuman protected him, checking the Rakshasa king's arrows by hurling rocks. Unable to contain himself, Hanuman suddenly darted toward Ravana. With his right arm raised above his head, Hanuman challenged, the benediction you receive from Lord Brahma does not grant you immunity from death at the hands of monkeys. I will strike you dead with a single blow of my mighty fist. Ravana replied with his own challenge. I invite you to hit me once freely, and then I will strike you dead. Hanuman retorted, why do you speak so foolishly? Do you not remember how easily I killed your son, Aksha? At this, Ravana darted toward the darted forward and slapped Hanuman on the chest, causing him to reel backwards, losing his balance. When he recovered, the enraged Hanuman retaliated by violently striking Ravana with the palm of his hand. Ravana staggered and the demigods and rishis, observing the fight, applauded Hanuman. Indeed, when Ravana recovered himself, he also praised Hanuman for being a worthy adversary. Hanuman replied, I can understand that my prowess is actually very insignificant, for you are still alive and well. If you think I'm a worthy opponent, please feel free to strike me again. The enraged Ravana pounded Hanuman in the chest with his clenched fist, causing the monkey hero to reel backwards dizzily. Then, leaving Hanuman aside, Ravana turned his attention to Nila 
and began shooting him with streams of arrows. Although hard-pressed, Nila picked up a mountain peak and hurled it at Ravana. As the Rakshasa king proceeded to break the rocks to pieces with his arrows, Hanuman recovered, but he refrained from further fighting since he was unwilling to attack someone engaged in fighting with another. As Nila picked up one mighty tree after another, Ravana chopped them all to pieces with his arrows and continued to oppress his enemy. Finally, to avoid Ravana's arrows, Nila shrank himself to a tiny size and jumped into Ravana's flagstaff. Ravana flared with rage upon seeing this trick as Nila darted from Ravana's bow and back to the flagstaff, Ram and Lakshman became astonished. Ravana also appreciated this daring feat. Nevertheless, he evoked a powerful fire weapon and that struck Nila in the chest, knocking him down to his knees. With Nila out of the way, Ravana approached Lakshmana. After they exchanged harsh words, Ravana released seven arrows, but Lakshman easily cut them to pieces. Becoming excited, Ravana released a shower of arrows, but Lakshman was able to neutralize them all with his own shafts. Lakshman then took the offensive by releasing his arrows at the astonished Ravana, but the Rakshasa king was able to cut them to pieces. Finally, Ravana released a Brahmastra arrow which struck Lakshmana in the forehead. Lakshman fell down in a swoon on the battlefield. With great difficulty, Lakshman recovered himself. Then taking up his bow, he renewed his attack. Lakshman sliced Ravana's bow to pieces with his arrows and then made the Rakshasa king faint by puncturing him with three powerful shafts. Ravana lay on the ground, his limbs bathed in blood. It was only with great effort that he regained consciousness and raised himself up. Desiring to put an end to his adversary, Ravana took a lance that was awarded to him by Lord Brahma and hurled it violently at Lakshmana. Although Lakshmana tried his best to counteract it with his weapons, the powerful lance entered his chest. The impact was so great that Lakshmana fell to the ground. As Lakshman fought to remain conscious, Ravana came to arrest him. However, as the Rakshasa king grabbed him, Lakshmana remembered that he was a direct expansion of Lord Vishnu and began to exhibit his unlimited prowess. Indeed, Ravana, who had the power to lift up the entire three worlds, could not pick up Lakshman, even though exerting all his strength. As Ravana mounted his chariot, Hanuman suddenly darted forward striking Ravana a violent blow to the chest with his fist. Blood flowed from Ravana's 10 mouths, 20 ears and 20 eyes, and he fell down unconscious onto the floor of his chariot. All the monkeys shouted with joy. Hanuman then went to where Lakshman lay injured. Out of affection for Hanuman, Lakshman again made his body so light, made his body light so Hanuman could carry him. The mystical lance, its mission completed, withdrew itself from Lakshman's chest and returned to Ravana. Meanwhile, Ravana regained consciousness and again took up his bow. Lakshmana also stood up, his wounds completely healed by the inconceivable potency of Lord Vishnu. Because Ravana had struck down so many monkeys, Ram decided that the time had come to personally approach him for combat. At Hanuman's request, 
Ram mounted his shoulders and rushed toward the Rakshasa king, challenging him to fight. While feeling great enmity toward Ram, Ravana began showering his arrows upon Hanuman. However, since Hanuman remained unaffected, Ram was able to move next to Ravana's chariot and smash it to pieces. Then, taking up an effulgent arrow, Ram gashed Ravana's chest, making him reel dizzily and drop his bow. Finally, after cutting off Ram, Ravana's flag, Ram declared, you have performed a heroic feat by killing unlimited monkeys on the battlefield. Therefore, you must be quite exhausted from fighting and I will refrain from killing you. You may return to Lanka to rest. When you are recovered, I will fight with you again. Shamed and embarrassed, Ravana returned to Lanka with his head hung down and Ram and Lakshman returned to extracting arrows from the monkeys' bodies. Upon witnessing Ravana's humiliation, the demigods and rishis stationed in the sky rejoiced, confident that their mission would soon be accomplished. Can everyone still hear? I see that um, Shraddha's screen has frozen. So I'm just checking in. You're probably all muted. If uh, yeah, I can hear you, Mother. Okay. Yeah. If you're able to hear, Guru Maharaj, then please raise your thumbs up. Okay, we, they can hear. Despondently sitting on yeah. his throne, Ravana explained to his ministers, long ago when I received benedictions from Lord Brahma, he warned me to beware of human beings. After that, a king in the line of Ikshvaku named Anaranya once cursed me, saying, in the future, someone will appear in my dynasty who will kill you and all your relatives. Later, I was again cursed by Vedavati after I accosted her. Indeed, I believe it was she who has become the daughter of King Janak, just to bring about my death. Moreover, when I once lifted Mount Kailash, Uma became frightened and cursed me, saying, O wicked Rakshasa, a woman will one day become the cause of your death. Then I once laughed at Nandishwar because of his monkey-like face. He too angrily cursed me, saying, your entire dynasty will be destroyed by an army of monkeys. In addition, Ramba, Lord Brahma, Punjikastali, and Nalakuvara all cursed me for raping innocent women. Now I can see that the seeds of my past sins are finally bearing fruit. O Rakshasas, go quickly and awaken Kumbhakarna, for there is no one who can excel him on the battlefield. He fell asleep nine days ago due to the curse of Lord Brahma. Normally he sleeps for six months at a time without interruption. However, his unlimited prowess is of no use unless he comes to my assistance. The Rakshasas then went to Kumbhakarna's residence, but were perplexed as to how they could awaken him before his natural time. Taking with them enormous quantities of food and other articles, including perfume and garlands, the Rakshasas entered Kumbhakarna's cave-like subterranean abode, which measured one yojana in diameter. As soon as they opened the door to Kumbhakarna's room, the Rakshasas were thrown back by the hurricane-like winds coming from the Rakshasas' nostrils. Finally, after much difficulty, they managed to enter 
the sleeping Colossus room and began their attempts to awaken him. The large room where Kumbhakarna slept was furnished with marble walls and jeweled floors. Lying atop an enormous bed, Kumbhakarna appeared effulgent because of his shining jeweled crown. The Rakshasas first set out huge vats of meat and blood before the sleeping giant. Then they smeared sandalwood paste and varieties of perfume on his huge body, which was covered with coarse, bristly hair. Although the Rakshasas loudly praised his glories, Kumbhakarna continued to sleep soundly. Next, the Rakshasas began roaring loudly, blew on conch shells and beat drums close to Kumbhakarna's ears. They clapped their hands, screamed and wailed, banged on gongs and cymbals, and pushed on his arms and legs. Still, Kumbhakarna would not stir. Then the Rakshasas began to beat Kumbhakarna with big hammers and clubs, while others pounded on him with their fists. However, because of the fierce winds that came from Kumbhakarna's nostrils, it was very difficult for anyone to stand before him as he exhaled. Moreover, his breath stank of, fresh, of flesh and blood. Indeed, his stinking mouth appeared like an entrance to hell. The 10,000 Rakshasas surrounding Kumbhakarna moved back and forth like waves of the sea as he breathed, breathed in and out. Next, the Rakshasas led in elephants, horses, camels, and donkeys, and prodded the animals to walk over Kumbhakarna's body. Others beat his legs with big logs, but the colossal Rakshasa would not awaken. Frustrated and angry, the Rakshasas began to pull out Kumbhakarna's hair, bite his ears, and pour buckets of water into his ears. Still, Kumbhakarna slept. The Rakshasas then beat him with clubs studded with nails and made 1,000 elephants trample over his body. Then Kumbhakarna finally awakened, feeling as if someone had touched him lightly. The hideous Rakshasa drowsily stretched his arms, yawned, and looked for something to eat. Although some Rakshasas were still throwing mountain peaks upon his body, Kumbhakarna could not feel it. Yawning again and again, Kumbhakarna finally got up, looking like time personified, awakening for the final destruction of all beings. Kumbhakarna greedily ate all the meat and blood placed before him. And when the Rakshasas saw that he was satisfied, they approached him with folded hands. His eyes still clouded with sleep, Kumbhakarna glanced at them and angrily inquired, why I've been awakened in this untimely manner? A great danger must have befallen you that only I can counteract. Otherwise, no one would dare come here to disturb me. The minister named Yupaksha replied, the city of Lanka has been besieged by an army of huge monkeys led by Ram and Lakshman. Many Rakshasa heroes have already been killed. Indeed, when Ravana himself entered the fight, he was defeated and then released by Ram. Kumbhakarna said, I will go at once and drink the blood of Ram and Lakshman. Then having eliminated the cause of his fears, I will present myself before Ravana. Mahodara, however, suggested, it would be better for you to see Ravan first and receive his commands, for he is your elder brother and king. Thereafter, the Rakshasas went to Ravana and explained, after great endeavor, we finally succeeded in awakening Kumbhakarna. Do you want him to come here first or proceed directly to the battlefield to fight with Ram? 
Ravana replied, let him be brought to me first so I can properly honor him. Just make sure that you supply him with sufficient amounts of meat and wine so that he will arrive here in a good mood. The Rakshasas went back to Kumbhakarna, bringing with them mountains of food and 200 buckets of wine. After cramming all the meat, blood and wine down his throat, Kumbhakarna became rejuvenated. He then ventured from his huge cave to meet with his elder brother. When they saw the gigantic Rakshasa emerging from the cave, the monkeys began, became struck with wonder and fear. Some immediately fell to the ground in extreme fright. Others who were more courageous took shelter of Ram, while still others panicked and fled in all directions. Seeing the monkey army, Kumbhakarna, Kumbhakarna expanded his already huge size just to frighten them. When Ram saw Kumbhakarna, he exclaimed, who is this monster that towers above us like a second Mount Meru? Vibhishana replied, this is the son of the sage Bishrava named Kumbhakarna. He is the largest of all the Rakshasas and has defeated even the Lord of Death, Yamaraj. When Kumbhakarna took his birth, he immediately began to devour thousands of living creatures. Because of this, the created beings took shelter of King Indra, who became enraged to learn what had happened. Indra launched an attack on Kumbhakarna. When Indra released his thunderbolt, the Rakshasa was knocked unconscious. However, he soon regained his senses and tore out one of, the, one of Airavata's tusks and smashed it against Indra's chest, causing him severe pain. The defeated king of heaven then took shelter of Lord Brahma. Indra told him, the son of Vishrava named Kumbhakarna is tormenting the rishis and carrying away the wives of others. Moreover, he is devouring living beings at such a rate that it will not be long before we are all extinct. Lord Brahma entered meditation, and when he beheld Kumbhakarna with his mystic vision, he became alarmed. After pondering the situation, Lord Brahma approached Kumbhakarna saying, you have been created for the destruction of the world, but it is now time for universal maintenance. Therefore, for the welfare of all living beings, you will remain continually buried in sleep from this day forward. Kumbhakarna soon became overpowered by Lord Brahma's curse. Ravana then pleaded, O Brahma, you have cut down a tree that is just about to bear fruit. O supreme teacher within the universe, it is not proper for you to curse your great grandson like this. I know your words cannot prove futile, but you should at least allow Kumbhakarma some time for remaining awake. Lord Brahma replied, I shall grant your wish. Kumbhakarna will sleep continuously for six months and then awaken for one day. At that time, he can wander over the earth and devour whatever he likes before falling into another slumber. Social distancing. Bibishana concluded, Ravana has awakened Kumbhakarna prematurely because of being hard pressed in battle. Just by seeing the monstrous Rakshasa, our monkey soldiers have been thrown into confusion. I suggest that we tell the monkeys that Kumbhakarna is simply a large mechanical device. This will help them to overcome their fear. As Kumbhakarna entered Ravana's palace, Ram ordered Nila to rally the monkeys and attack the city gates. 
Again, fierce fighting broke out between the monkeys and the Rakshasas. At the same time, Kumbhakarna, along with thousands of his followers, came before Ravana as he sat on the Pushpaka chariot, feeling most disturbed. Upon seeing Kumbhakarna, Ravana became enlivened. After seating him on his side, after seating him at his side, the Rakshasa king embraced his brother. Kumbhakarna inquired, O Ravana, what service do you wish me to do for you? Ravana replied, as you know, Rama's attacked Lanka with a huge army of monkeys. Already many prominent Rakshasas have died at their hands. My dear brother, I am depending on you to kill Ram and Lakshman, for I can see no one else capable of doing so. Kumbhakarna laughed heartily upon hearing Ravana's fearful plea and said, what was predicted by Bibishana and other intelligent ministers has now come to pass. My dear brother, you are a rascal for ignoring the good advice of sincere, sincere well-wishers. Bibishana and Mandodari were correct when they advised you to return Sita to Ram. O king, it is still not too late for you to rectify your mistakes, although the decision is certainly yours alone. Ravana became incensed upon hearing this unsolicited advice, but checked his anger. He replied, it is futile for you to talk like this now for the battle is in full motion. My dear brother, even if I did make a mistake in kidnapping Sita, I now request you to nullify the error by manifesting your unparalleled prowess. To pacify Ravana, Kumbhakarna sweetly replied, O king, do not worry, for I promise to kill Ram and Lakshman and all the monkeys headed by Sugriv and Hanuman. These so-called heroes have only been successful on the battlefield because I was not present. Now you will see how insignificant the enemy is in the face of my supreme might. Desiring to please Ravana, Mahodara interrupted Kumbhakarna saying, you are an arrogant fool for daring to criticize your elder brother. He is the king and can do whatever he likes. There was nothing wrong in Ravana's kidnapping Sita. Indeed, many kings are naturally inclined to exhibit their prowess by performing such activities. Oh, proud giant, let me assure you that you will not be able to defeat Ram simply by dint of your strength as you now claim. Mahodra continued, O king, I have devised a clever plan for winning over Sita. Let Kumbhakarna, myself and other Rakshasa heroes attack Ram together. If we are able to kill him, then victory will be ours. However, even if we cannot defeat him, we can still return to Lanka, claiming that we have devoured him. The false story of Ram's death should then be broadcast all over the city to the accompaniment of beating drums and rewarding of our soldiers and servants. Thus the rumor will soon reach Sita. You should then go to her as she finds herself drowning in an ocean of grief. Tempt her with promises of royal comfort and luxury, trying your best to gain her confidence. Since she will feel that she is without any other protector, I am sure that she will submit to you. O king, if you fight with Ram, you will surely lose your life on the battlefield. However, if you take my advice, you can win Sita without ever encountering Ram. Kumbhakarna replied harshly, Mahodara, your words would appeal only to cowardly kings. 
I have already made up my mind to kill Ram. My determination cannot go in vain. The rest of you have bungled the war, causing Lanka to be divested of its population. I shall now rectify the situation alone. I need no one to help me. And thus ends tonight's reading of the Valmiki Ramayan, stopping at page 396 to be continued tomorrow. Thank you very much, everyone, for joining us. Not to the Not to the Not to the Not to the